Hey guys, it is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere And each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void or prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. With Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Lucky Land Casino. Asking people, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Welcome to the Man City Show. It's Nigel Rothman back in the chair. It's 2023, and Manchester City haven't won a league game at home for two months. It's eight weeks when City beat Fulham after a very dodgy 95th minute penalty. Yes, I know we've had the World Cup break, but Arsenal are powering on. They're now seven points ahead. There's plenty of more football to play, of course. Champions League, FA Cup, Carabao Cup, lots still to play for. And lots to discuss with my three guests. Welcome to Joe Doherty, David Blakeney, and Spencer Depson. Gentlemen, welcome to the Man City Show. Thank you. Listen, let us start. Let us start with the legend, the legend that is Pele. I know, Joe, you probably can't join in this conversation. You've only seen sort of uh, footage of him. But I think, I think the other three of us have all had the privilege. And I think, honestly, I can say he is probably, probably the best footballer I ever saw. I think, and it's as simple as that. And, and all the tributes from around the world um, are absolutely appropriate. Changed football, changed so many people's lives. Um, what what a legend, and, and and what a sad day for football, Spencer, to see the legend that that uh, is Pele has has gone. Uh, a, a real sad day, and what a player he was. Well, absolutely, and uh, I mean, all this news that he was in hospital uh, arose during the World Cup, didn't we? And I half wondered whether they were holding this information back. Uh, but uh, clearly a man of mature years, was 82. He was contributing to, to, to the end, I think. And he was not just a footballer. He was obviously a legend on the field, but he was a wonderful ambassador uh, for the game, for all the right activities to do, you know, in, in terms of his representations uh, off the field. Um, and I was just reflecting back, actually. I think the first football book I ever got was Autobiography of Pelé. And it was, I just looked it up actually, 1977, the year of my bar mitzvah. Thank you for my auntie Flo for giving it that, that over to me. Um, and he was really the person that imbued the absolute, you know, the romance of the game, the flair, and I, probably the person that really got me entrenched in into the passionate football supporter I've been since. So he is just a wonderful player. Uh, and uh, I think also I was reflecting back on the 1970 World Cup, which was the first time it was in colour. Uh, and all of those incredible, you know, the goals he 
scored, the incredible dummy on the keeper. It probably is the world's most famous miss, if you like, but it, it just was the whole romance and wonder of the game that, that, that we had from that. So, yeah, he will be sadly missed and always remembered. Uh, your reflections, David, on, on the great Pelé? Uh, well, I actually watched the film, the Pelé film, on his life on a plane about two months ago, <laughs> which was good timing. Uh, a lot of things in there I didn't realise, but especially the 58 final, a 17-year-old and the goals he scored, he was only involved, I think, in four games, and he scored six, including the hatchet, I think, in the semi-final and two in the final. This is a 17-year-old. I mean, remarkable. So um, after watching that programme, I think it, it's 58 final for me, I find remarkable. No one, no one ever will come close to that in a World Cup for in the World Cup again. Joe, I, I, obviously you didn't see him like we did live, but I'm, I guess being the football fan you are, you, you obviously know who he is and you've followed him since. And three three World Cups, no one's ever done that. It's difficult to see many people doing that in 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 any time, of course. But what what, what a player he was, what a personality, what, what what a man. Absolutely, no question about it. And you you can tell you just think some of these players that we have had the privilege of watching, certainly in my life be them City players or just players that as football fans we can appreciate. The amount of times you hear them say it was Pele that was what made them all what they are, it just goes to show how big the guy's legacy will be. And and just what a huge day it was for anyone who's a football fan and a very sad day for the sport. Uh, you had a quiz question for us, David, I think, before just before we came on air. Do you want to sort of pose that to us then? What was, what was the question you were going to ask us about uh, Pele, I which, think? Which two... City players or ex City players played with uh, Pele or in the same team as Pele, and um, which match was it? Well, one straight away is Mike Summerby. Yeah. yeah, which is uh, from the famous film. Is that right? Is that the one? You, is that that's, is that one of that's the two? One. Yeah, that's one of the two. Okay, and the other another, one, another, another City player. Go on then, Spencer Joe. You any ideas on who that I might agree. be? I do not know. I do not know. Is this a trick question? Because I don't, I don't. No, think it's he... not a trick question. Dennis Law in that film. No, no, no he, he was wasn't. a Polish player. Oh, Dana. Yeah, Kazi Dana. Of course. Yeah. Oh, well done. There was, of course, Kazi Dana. Of course, was in that yeah. film. Absolutely, yeah. of course, two of them. Yeah, good, good question, David. Very good. Listen, um, our thoughts, prayers are, are with obviously Pele's family. Um, his friends, his loved ones, and uh, the world of football lost a very special talent and a special person. Um, listen, let's start at the weekend against Everton. Um, Joe, do you want to kick us off here? Do, do we give credit to Everton here, or are they just nasty bastards who we really don't like very much? Where, where do you sit on that in terms of what what, what credit can we give Everton? They, they came to the Etihad, did a job, and, and came away with a point which nobody expected. Well, they didn't let us play the way we wanted to. I don't think, it doesn't feel like, there are a lot of games where we drop points against teams that we should be, where you think maybe their keepers had a great game or we've hit the post. It didn't feel like that. And it, I did think they did a good job restricting us. Um, I think you've got to give them credit for the goal itself. That was a brilliant finish by Gray. And at the end of the day, you say the nasty bastard thing, you know, they were trying to wind our players up. But at the end of the day, that doesn't usually work on us. I don't. I don't think. I, you don't see Haaland lose his head like that as as much as he what he seemed to be the other day. You know, diving into tackles, and I think I think a lot of the blame does have to be aimed at us personally. But I, I think it's impossible for a team to come to our place 
get a respectable result and ask not to sort of give them some degree of credit. What do you, what credit do you give them, David? I, th- I sort of agree with a lot of what Joe said. What I'd like to know is one thing. Why do these teams at the bottom come to us and score wonder goals? <laughs> On the back of a bad run, teams at the bottom who've lost the last three or the last four games and they come to us and just some miracle happens. I think there's a Southampton player did it a couple of years ago and other players have just do it. And I don't know. We sh- we've been so good at home this year. It's our own fault we didn't win it. We got caught up in the second half was so disappointing. We got caught up, didn't we? And it was our own fault. And it- players are going to come and wind us up, but we're better than that. Harland did seem to get a bit wound up, didn't he, Spencer? I think kind of got the crowd going a little bit, which we we see from time to time. But he really, right from the from the kickoff, he got a, a, a boot on his ankle, I think, didn't he, in, in, in a challenge which he didn't like, and ripped his sock, and 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 then later on he he did go diving in, and lucky to stay on the pitch. Yeah, I think well, the, the... Yeah, on another day he might not have done, to be honest. But I think uh, the, the the ref would be brave to send off uh, send him off for something like that. Um, but I was just reflected on the fact. I mean, I didn't personally feel quite as bad as I did after the Brentford defeat. Then you know it was a draw. Um, you know we had seventy six percent possession. Uh, they had two shots. Uh, one scored with one. I did think that the defence was at fault for the Damari Gray. A wonder finish, no doubt. The guy had it from almost from the halfway line. He, he checked back on himself. There was four City players within a, a few metres of him. None, none made a challenge or, or, or a block. And, he, and he's got he put a wonder finish on it. But he shouldn't have been allowed to take the shot in my book. He had uh, time to slip as well before he shot. Yeah, you know, I mean, it was. I, I felt there was a, that was a defensive. Uh, we had something to answer for there, but overall, I, I actually am more on along the line. It was one of those games. Uh, did, did defend on another day. The Stones header would have gone in, or another chance would have gone in. So I, I, I how do I feel about it? I've, I've, I've written down how I feel about it, and the word is perplexed because we should have won that game. Um, but but having said all of that, I think on another day we would. And I think we just need to move, you know, move on to the next one. I mean, we'll, get, we'll, we'll go on to the other games, won't we? But the Leeds performance was solid. Uh, the the, the uh, EFL Cup against Liverpool as well. So I think we shouldn't ponder too long on this. And I think we move on to the next game. Well, I, I will ponder a bit if I may, uh, for two reasons. One, because I can, because I'm the host. And, and secondly, I think we should, because... We talked about the the late penalty, which got us a result at Fulham. We then lost against Brentford, and we kind of only drew against Everton. So I think there is a bit of a trend here defensively, I think, isn't it, Joe? I think we should just spend a bit more time. I know I asked you to talk about Everton in particular, but just talking about City's own performance. And I know, listen, we always we don't like to criticise Pep. We don't like to criticise the team. We're all City fans, and we all like to put a positive spin on things. But just if we can... What, what do you think has gone wrong the last few weeks at home then, the last few home games? What Have you seen a trend? What what, what needs to happen? So, yeah, personally, I, I, the big issue I've had recently with the selection is I really don't like seeing both Grealish and Mares start together on the wings. I don't. I think there's a time and a place for both of them. I, I personally would rather see Grealish in the middle, and I do think it may be time for Mares to start being a bit rotated out the side a little bit. But when they're both playing together, I think we lose so much on the wings because they're both very similar. They're both very one-footed and they're both so predictable. And I guess the issue is they don't, because of the way they play where they're, it's all about close control, if they're not running at players or, or making things happen, they, you almost lose a player. You, 
I've seen a thing going around on Twitter recently about a few years back. And it's obviously there's much more to it than we had these players and now we don't. But there was a time when we'd have two very old school wingers in Sane and Sterling. We've got a left footer on the left, a right footer on the right, and they run at defenders. They use their pace. And I think that, that is re- we are really missing that if we play Grealish and Mares. I personally would, I do like Grealish. I'd like to see him moved into the middle and maybe have Foden on the wing and maybe put Alvarez in on the right or something like that. But I think that they're both so predictable and that really has let us down in some of these games recently where we've not been you know, not been scoring enough goals. Because that's what the problem's been in these games. It's not the, the one or two goals we've let in. It's the fact we're not scoring enough. And we were doing that a few months ago. Is it not defensively as well, though, David? I've, have you not noticed anything defensively that, that's a problem? I know we've got a couple of injuries at the moment and we're uh, Walker's just back from the World Cup and we're playing young Rico Lewis, who we may spend a bit of time on. Have you noticed anything defensively that you're unhappy about? Yeah, we're too open at the back suddenly. We're prone to letting people come at us and actually we seem to have big holes at the back because there's no consistency in our defence. We're always at our best in defence with the same players at the back. They learn and understand it, but we're chopping and changing it all the time now. And 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 the steady ones was obviously Diaz, Stones and, and, and uh, Laporte. And they're just, you know, Stones gets your game but obviously there's a couple of injuries there and without consistency in defence we are going to end up being prone because players aren't just used to playing with each other and I think you know let's face it we aren't losing because we're letting goals in as much as not scoring them where I think it might have been last year we were were very tight in the defence and we'd let hardly any goals in and I think it's a problem so we've had Joe saying we're not scoring enough, um, Spencer. We've got David saying it's defensively. Uh, you're going to tell me it's a midfield problem, aren't you? That's what you're going to tell us. That's what we. That's where we need. That's where we need to sort it. <laughs> of course, it's a bit of both, isn't it? But the, I think I do think it's the chopping and changing. Uh, I mean, it's it's true, isn't it? That uh, uh, like last season and the season before, we had you know three of the four defenders were in most of the games. Uh, this season, well, Cancelo's not not hit the heights uh, at all. I know he's obviously been on World Cup duty. Gomez hasn't perhaps um, you know stamped his authority. Um, Akanji's then come into the mix. Um, Stones all of a sudden's on the right back, and then Walker's injured, and then Rico Lewis is in. So there's just a lot of a lot of changes. And I do agree with David's point there. You know, at the, at the end of the day, that leads to you know it's only momentary lapses, isn't it? That that, that you know all of a sudden you've conceded. And I do think that the Damari Gray goal was was an example in point. There were four or five def- uh, defenders or City players within reach, and you know it wasn't obvious who should be looking after who. Uh, and these sort of small uh, errors can turn into um, uh, into negatives. So I, I think I think I think that is the main thing, rather than our sort of midfield and, and offensive abilities. Let me just pick up on one or two individuals uh, that, that I've already mentioned, actually. So let's just start with Harland. Listen, from a positive point of view, breaking all the records, Joe. You're not been on the show for a while. Uh, be interested to hear your view. You know what what, what a special talent. Uh, and interestingly, we did see a different side to him at the weekend as well, in terms of kind of his uh, losing it a little bit as well. But but just your your reflections on Harland, having seen him for only a few games and scoring uh, record numbers of goals for City. Well, he's sublime, isn't he? He's, he's absolutely brilliant. He's he's the tailor-made striker for the Premier League. He's got just about a bit of what makes all the other good strikers great. 
And you just think, I look back to last season, where obviously it's very hard to complain about last season. We won the league and it was a very good title to win with some decent competition. But you look at the games we didn't win last season. And I think to a to a to a T, you could look at all of them and think you've just got a world-class goal-scoring centre forward in the mix. Um we don't lose those games because the problem with those games was we weren't being allowed to play the false nine and pass pass it into the net, as it were. And this has just changed everything. And there's a real ruthlessness to Haaland up front. And I've, I think we, in the moments that haven't perhaps gone so well in the last few years, he's really changed that in the team. You look at some of the games, man, that start he made where he's getting out trick against Palace from 2-0 down, hat trick against Forest. Obviously got one against United, which was beautiful to see um, yeah I just think he's made such a difference to the side and he's I'm, I'm almost a bit lost for words when I watch him I think he's that good in terms of what you say about the weekend it's a bit worrying to see something like that I think we already knew he had a bit of personality about him but it's a bit worrying to think that he's going to get let himself get wound up by these players because the worst thing is whilst not everyone's going to play those same sort of shithouse tactics that certain teams do other players are going to watch that and think, right, that's how we can get up. That's how we can stop Ireland. Let's wind him up. Let's get him booked. Let's not let him put himself about as much. Let's maybe get him sent off. It's the same thing. You've seen it for years. I remember when Rooney was at his best at United, it was exactly the same tactic people used to stop him. And I don't want us to become a victim of that. Spencer? Uh, you, you, you've had a chance to talk about Haaland uh, in the, the odd week you've been on. Um, well, just focus on the, on the last bit that Joe talked about in terms of you. Did, did you saw something? I saw. Well, let me start. I saw something that worried me slightly. I kind of agree with Joe that is that kind of potentially his Achilles' heel, where if teams do get at him, and they clearly did, there was quite a lot going on there, and he, and, and that challenge was a naughty challenge in, in anybody's language. So does that worry you a wee bit, or is, I hope yeah. maybe it's just a one-off. No, I, I think it is there. Look, he's, we forget he's 22 years old. Uh, he's coming into the most competitive uh, league in the world. It's his first season. He's made an incredible start. He will be targeted, you know, but all the analysts are going to be all over what's what's happening in each game. And there's no question that he has to improve on his temperament. And you can see that in his persona. You know, he's a big guy. He's black and white. And you can see if he sees red, you know, that, that he could he could blow. Uh, and so I, I do think it's a legitimate concern, and I'm sure that he'll be um, being coached uh, around that. Um, the other sort of point I was going to make with with Harland, uh, behind all the superlatives, is that you know he is a guy. I you know he has a reputation for injury, and I think he's just such a big unit, and he throws himself uh, wholeheartedly into everything. He will get injured. I hope I'm wrong, but he will get injured, and I don't think he's completed more than thirty games in in this you know the last three seasons. So I hope I'm wrong, and I hope he ends up doing fifty plus games a season, but I doubt it. Uh, and the other side of it, of course, is that he has uh, you know his um, goals to touches in game ratio is ridiculous um, largely because he's largely not involved in the games and uh, uh, you know only at the critical points so you know you can you can you take you pays your money and you takes your choice don't you but there is an argument to say that actually most of the time we are we are one man short actually in the build up but then again when you've got the, the prize of him in the team at the end then you'd say well that that's that's absolutely fine 
David, briefly on Haaland, and I just want to kick off with uh, young Rico Lewis with you as well, your kind of reflections on seeing him sort of start his first sort of Premier League game and so what an impact you think he's made being such a young lad as well. Just kick off with Haaland first and then go on to Lewis for us, David. Yeah, um, I agree with what everyone said, but I think the coaches are brilliant at City. They watch all the videos. They are like experts and they'll, they'll get a lot He'll get a lot of benefit through our back our backroom staff, definitely. But yeah, I mean, I don't really think he's got going as well as he's going to get going. You know, he's he's been a bit rusty, funny enough, in the last two games. He must have missed. Been, it d- been disappointing. He's only scored what twenty seven goals. It's been no, a, been but, a poor no, start. Point, hasn't it? No, no, my point is for what him. What do you mean? Your point is he's been going to get better. Awesome. No, he's. I didn't say he's not awesome. What I said is I think he will get better because I don't think once he gets match fit again, he won't miss the sort of chances he missed in the last two games because I think he could have got a hat-trick in both games. He should have got a hat-trick in he both. He sort of said that himself, actually, post-match, didn't he? Yeah, I think he's. that's a great thing. He will only get better is the positive side. Um, Rico... He's good. I mean, surprisingly good for an 18-year-old. Is he 18 or 17? I'm not he was even... 18 in November. He's just 18. I mean, you know what's surprising me is if he doesn't make a mistake or he sort you think he's been beaten, he just recovers very quickly and very well. And um, he, he's an impressive player, actually. I mean, when I say, you know, to play in a team like ours, you've got to be very, very good and you've got to be good with the ball. And for that age and so inexperienced, um, that is a really good start. And I think the pundits love him as well, don't they? Uh, and Joe, you see him sort of slotting into that sort of midfield role, don't you, as well? Kind of playing as a fullback uh, on the team sheet, but but never really playing there. Um, just seems to be sort of Pep's type of player, doesn't he? He's obviously uh, perfect for him, I think. Yeah, that's what I was actually about to say about him that's impressed me so much is you, you get these talented young fullbacks where a big part of their game is the pace they're crossing, what they bring going forward, that sort of thing. And it's really encouraging to see how well he's fit into how we want to play and the philosophy. Because if you're a young defender who's been taught all your life to play right back, it's all about defending or going forward. It is very, it's probably quite an advanced thing to be told to slot into this new position that only we seem to really do. So see him doing that's very promising, but I guess we all probably kind of know that the academy and every every age group in the team are being groomed to play that way so that they can hopefully one day be part of Guardiola's plans. Uh, so, Spencer, your turn to briefly do uh, Rico. And I just want to finish on Rodri, just because I think the influence he's had this year, I think he's a kind of the new Fernandinho for me, sort of the influence he has in games is just fantastic. He kind of goes under the radar, very underrated, just my view for what it's worth, what do I know? But just uh, your, your view on Rico Lewis first and then and kick off on Rodri for us, if you would. Yeah, on, on Rico Lewis, um, I think it was Sarah Messenger that originally said something positive and I thought, well, I've never heard of him, you know, six to eight months ago. Uh, I've, and- never, I've never heard of Sarah Messenger. Who's, who's she? <laughs> oh, I have. <laughs> um, uh, so... Yeah, Absolutely fantastic talent. And actually, he's very, very strong on the ball. Was it, was it David who just said that? You know, normally these players, when they come through the academy uh, and even into the, the big players, you know, when David Silver started, you know, it was quite easily pushed off the ball. 
this guy's not pushed off the ball at all. Uh, and he's got a great pass and range in him. Uh, and as you say, he's right back on the team sheet, but he's really sort of the Cancelo equivalent on the other side of the pitch, isn't it? And I just wonder, I wonder whether we can fantasise about having Cancelo and him and everyone's firing and it's all amazing. <laughs> the, the, only, the only thing we need, of course, is Haaland playing properly because David's getting very disappointed yeah, with the start Harlan he's made. Finally, he's, he's missed so many bloody chances. It's yeah, unbelievable. Finally hit Where a bit crap is he? Yeah, exactly. You might get somewhere this season, you know. Wonder but, what uh, Sarah Messenger thinks. I wonder whoever she is. And yeah, we must get her on soon and see what she thinks. Wonder if she agrees with David. What about Rodri Spencer? Uh, well, I've always loved Rodgers, you know, ever since I used to watch him on the telly in the seventies. You know, I mean, you know, he's a brilliant, brilliant player, um, and he he is absolutely the pivot point for everything that we do. Uh, and I think uh, as as time's gone by, I think really there's when did Fernandinho finish with a sort of start of last season? He was fading out, wasn't he, Fernandinho? Am I right? Uh, yeah. And then Rodri, or, or, or you know, he was just there, and his range of passing has improved and improved. Uh, and he's absolutely everywhere uh, on the pitch. I, I can't enthuse enough about him. I think he's please God with us for the next half dozen years, uh, and will be uh, seen in this. Uh, phase of City's um, ascendancy or progression to be one of the real pivots, um, uh, you know, in the midfield. Fantastic player. David, how disappointing has Rodri been to you? Well, I won't mention the miss in the last minute. (laughs) (laughs) That was was a miss, wasn't it? Dear me, I reckon I I played in the same team as you once or twice. I think even you would have put that one in. Even in your in your. your I put a lot in me. I can got the evidence. Funny enough, actually, he scored an, against Arsenal last season away right at the last minute. And he's quite good like that. He's 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 got a cool head. So that was just a bit of a shame. But he's great. And um, I, I, there's no more to be said, really. I think the boys have said everything. And I think, yes, he will. Again, he's another one I think will get better. Joe, can he get any better? Well, I, I think he can. And I'd just like to say with Rodri, I've never been so happy to eat my words on someone because a couple of years ago, I'll be honest, I wasn't his biggest fan. I certainly didn't like us playing him in that double pivot uh, with Gundogan. I thought it slowed us down a bit too much. And I, and I just thought he's not, he's never going to be Fernandinho. But you know what? I'm man enough to admit when I was wrong. And I'm I'm so pleased that Rodri or, or Dave, as he's known around our part of the ground, <laughs> has really gone on to prove me wrong. He scored some, I mean, obviously, as well as what he does so well in the midfield. I, I was saying to someone there where I sit the other day, you could make the case for him being man of the match, probably for the last seven or eight games. Mm. He, like, like David said, scored some very important goals last season. Not only did he get that one against Arsenal, obviously he got that one that meant he had his Jekko equivalent, I guess, of scoring the goal that meant that the title winning goal could be scored. So yeah, I'm, I'm delighted with how good he's, he's come. He's, he does provide something a bit different to Fernandinho. I don't think he's quite as tenacious, but he's a bit more of a unit in the midfield and he wins a lot of headers and you can't get him off the ball. So big Rodri fan. Hey guys, it is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere. And each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. 
Let's let's talk, just talk about the World Cup briefly. I don't mean the World Cup itself, but the impact it might have on our season and on the Premier League. A lot has been sort of speculated before the competition. We're now kind of we've had a couple of games, two or three games since since the World Cup, um, and I'm just interested to know sort of how you think that might impact our season, David. Sort of uh, has it will it help? Can we regroup? Give Haaland a rest or? Has it just kind of got in the way a bit? Or do you actually think they're all professionals? They've just played a few games in a bit, in a bit more sunshine and the, most of them have come back and we'll just carry on as it was. Where, where do you stand on the whole sort of World Cup impact on our season? Um, well, I think in general, the, the experience for all of them sh- should help us. I think we were very good against Liverpool, very good against Leeds, really. I just, I think it's, the way Pep needs to integrate them back into the team and into the squad. And, and you know, I'm pretty shocked, actually, that Foden hasn't played his part and got back in it. You know, he had a pretty good World Cup, really. Um, I'm, I'm a bit worried about this whole thing with the wings, as you mentioned before, and integrating some of the players back in the team. And, and we're a bit... We're going to could be end up a bit disjointed if we don't get our, our what I would call our, our best eleven players back out there again. So that's what I'm more worried about at the moment. And I think the very fact the substitutions were so late against Everton played a part in us not getting back in that game. So that's my worry more than the players themselves is how they feel and how he's bringing them back. And you know, Foden's probably thinking, "What's going on here? And why am I not back in the team?" and you know, I think Alvarez needs to get some game time because I think he's got to go on the back of such a brilliant World Cup for him. So we need to use our best players. Sure. Spencer, the impact it may have on our season, on the Premier League season? Yeah, I mean, more of the same, really. I mean, we have the same group of players that we had last year, um, plus 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 improvements. Uh, I don't really think that the World Cup should... Um, uh, either improve or take away from our chances vis-a-vis the the competitors. Obviously, everyone's saying now with Arsenal, with Jesus is out, you know, but they're, you know, I watched yesterday and they played very, very well. Um, and I think that we, we'd sort of said, you know, in January, again, looking at City versus Arsenal, Arsenal got a lot of uh, difficult games in January, haven't they? Let's see where they are. Well, we've actually got some quite a challenging programme coming up. So we'll go into it. You know, with Chelsea, we've obviously got the Derby, Spurs, we've got the Arsenal, first Arsenal game early Feb. So the next month really is very, very critical for our season. Uh, and we're not we're not settled. Um, there is a lot of uh, shuffling around of the pack, um, but essentially with the same squad um, that, that we've had. So uh, we've got a lot of work to do, I think, on, on the field, and we need to put a string of performances together the next three, four games that really announces, you know, we're back, we're cohesive, and, and we, we're going to really make a good run of this for the rest of the season. Joe, do you think it will affect our momentum this break, or do you think it's given everybody a, a break and a, a, a new focus? I don't think it's as much of a, is that much of a problem. I mean, like David said with Alvarez, I do strongly agree with that. I think psychologically that will give him such a boost coming back into this team as a World Cup winner. And he's not just he's not just somebody who was in the squad and there for the ride. He's really played his part in a historic moment for his country. So I I believe that we really the, the big thing is getting him into that settled eleven. Um, as you say, it's a very difficult month for us. I do think there is an element of we need we need a really 
great result in one of these games that might kickstart our season a bit. Like I was, I've, I've been thinking about, you know, a couple of years back, we had that a bit of a dodgy start the season, but we had on that 21 game winning run. And what was the game that felt like the turning point? Well, I would say it was Chelsea. Chelsea, yeah. 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 So I'm yeah. hoping that Thursday, we could, it could change like that. Because if you think, if Arsenal drop some points tomorrow against Newcastle, which I wouldn't put past happening, and then we can go to the bridge, which, okay, it's probably a good time to play Chelsea. If you can get a good result there, the psychological effects will be very beneficial. Suddenly, we're four points off Arsenal and just made a bit of a statement. I really think that could get in everyone's heads a bit and push us onto a decent run. But got to go and do it first, obviously. You've you've moved us very nicely onto the the next topic I want to talk about, and that that is I don't often talk about other teams, but I think okay, we're not even halfway through the season because of the World Cup break, but Arsenal are looking formidable. Uh, Arsenal are looking a real threat. Um, so so it, it, do you see them as a real threat? Are we kind of saying it's theirs to lose now, Joe? Would you, or are you saying, well, look, there's so much football still to be played, don't even go there yet, Nigel? And tell me when I can, two weeks, three weeks, if there's still seven or six, seven points in it, when can we start sort of saying, well done, Arsenal? Not just yet, I hope. I, I, will, be, I will keep saying until they prove me wrong that they are going to bottle it this season because I look at that team... And yes, there's a huge amount of talent in there. You can't take away from the likes of Saka, Odegaard, Martinelli. Obviously, we all know how good Jesus and Zinchenko are. But it, I'd be very surprised if any of you around this table can name one player in that side that you think Arsenal are 1-0 down away, somewhere horrible. Who would, we, who would it be this season? Burnley obviously gone now. Someone like that. And, it, and then their own lumps kicked out of them. Do you see anyone in that side who's a really strong character that could just take the game by the scruff of the neck and do it on their own, get them a really hard-earned 2-1 win. Because there's plenty in our squad, that, and they've proved they can do it. You know, yes, OK, Jesus and Zinchenko do have experience in a title running, but they were often... I, I don't really remember them ever having those sort of games. Like they, they do, they'd had some great games for us, but I, I'm sceptical that when kind of shit hits the fan, as it were, Arsenal have really got the character... I'll be I'd be a lot more worried if it was a Liverpool or maybe even a Chelsea who were seven points clear of us. Interesting, Spencer. You you equally uh, blasé about it as Joe is and very relaxed as he seems to be that it's our title here again. By the sounds of it, I'm not sure if I'm not sure if I am. <laughs> I'm not. I'm not actually. I mean, one thing I actually don't think will happen to Arsenal is that they will quote bottle it. And the reason I think that is because of Mikel Arteta. I mean, I really, we, we obviously know he's tutored under the pep. He's a very stoic character. I don't think he's bottling anything. I think he is a, he, he is a winner. Um, of course, the, you know, the squad, is Arsenal squad are very, very young, but sometimes, you know, youth and naivety bring success. Uh, I remember parroting in in the in the Leicester season, you know, at, at Christmas, how it would all be over by the end of January and then the end of February, and then they came to the Etihad and beat us two one. I thought, bloody hell, they're, they're going to win the bloody thing, aren't they? And they did. So I do think that uh, Arsenal will be right right there at the end of the season. My hope, of course, is that we are slightly ahead of them rather than slightly behind. But I think they'll go all the way, and I, I, um, uh, you know, injuries will play a part. Clearly, they will. Um, uh, but I think it's going to be a close, close one this season, and I'm not relaxed. <laughs> David, close one, relaxed. It's well, Arsenal's to lose. Where where do you sit on the whole Arsenal argument at the moment? Still, still plenty of football to play, as we keep saying. Yeah, uh, last season in the away game at Arsenal, that first half they were good. 
they were very good. And I thought, oh, my God, they're a lot better than I thought they were going to be. And only because they were young, they bottled it a bit after the sending off and giving the penalty away, did we come good. I remember Liverpool, before they really started to challenge us a season before, looked equally as good, but they just had some bad games. I think Arsenal with Odegaard have got a very good chance to win it. Without him, I think we've got a better chance because I think he is the one that makes them, without without a shadow of a doubt, more than any of their other players. Yeah, he's the one I think could bring them the title. And I, and I do think they've got a chance because we are going to drop points. We've shown we're going to drop points. But they look good and they're relentless, aren't they? And so, Partey part has really come fantastically well. Yeah, Odegaard's the one who really does it all for them. So, yeah, I, I do agree with Joe that there's a chance they might bottle it but near the end. But if they build too much of a lead, then they'll get confidence. If we pair them back to four points this week, then I'll feel a bit better about it. But I'm feeling a bit nervous at the moment. We should be doing better than we're doing. So... I agree we should be doing better than we're doing. And I don't disagree that they are playing some really good football. But you you say about the game last season, if we are 1-0 up against the, they wouldn't have had the character to come back and win that game in the circumstances that we did, in my opinion. Uh, I, I may well be proved wrong, and you can play this back in, in May if I've made a complete... I hope not. <laughs> ...and Arsenal have done it. And if they have, do you know what? I don't, I don't have too much of a problem with them doing it. I mean, I'd rather see them do it than a Liverpool or a United or a Chelsea. I just, I, I, I don't see any characters in that team that when, when the going really gets tough and, be, or, and when people start really talking about them as favourites of the title, who can manage that pressure, or at least I haven't seen anything to prove that they can. I have seen with us plenty of times. All right, we'll play it back in May to you, Joe. You'll, you'll hopefully be back on before then, but we'll uh, watch this space. Uh, absolutely. And let's just briefly, just we've touched on it very briefly, kind of two quick wins. Uh, the 3-1 away at Leeds and the 3-2 Carabao Cup win against Liverpool, just kind of in our recent memory. Just just, just quick reflections on that. I mean, some great goals, uh, fantastic performances, I thought, in, in, in both games, uh, on top in both games, and, and, and great to kind of hit the deck running straight after the World Cup. Actually, it kind of gave us real momentum, which is why I think it was particularly disappointing at the weekend at Everton. And there's me having asked the question. I've now answered my own question, I think. I haven't asked Spencer, I suppose. Yeah, can I go and have a tea now, please? Yeah, and have your tea, yeah. I mean, Dave, Dave I know you, you'll you have nothing to say. David will have loads to say. Probably mention Ireland as well in, in his answer. But uh, but any, anything to anything to I think that's fair, isn't it? I think there were two good performances, weren't there? In the, no, in it was time. great, yeah. I mean, I was, at, I was at the Etihad for the Liverpool game. What a seesaw game. What a brilliant one for the independent and a stressful one for us as City fans. But a really, really great thought. We're, we're back, you know, domestic football. This is where it's at. Uh, and then the Leeds game, We I thought we played very well in that game. Um, Really nice interplay between uh, Haaland and and, uh, and Grealish for that second goal. Thoroughly enjoyable game. Uh, we won it by a country mile. And, and then we came into the Everton game, you know, thinking routine. And then obviously nothing's routine in football. But those were two good games and uh, thoroughly enjoyed them. I mean, just Joe, on the the uh, the Grealish Haaland. I mean, that a game of two halves, I suppose, wasn't it for uh, yeah. for young young Mister Grealish who, who did miss a couple, got a bit of grief on Twitter, but then two brilliant assists for Haaland as well. Just amazing, uh, what a change can make just at half time. Yeah, and you know, he, his finishing was a bit suspect in that Leeds game, but he was getting himself into the positions. And 
you know what it's like. Grealish has become the one everyone loves to hate, isn't he, in our side? I do believe that if that had been maybe a Foden or a Mares who was missing those chances, he wouldn't have got half as much stick on Twitter. But like you say, it's what you do, it's what you can look back on at the end of the game with. And Grealish won't look back at that Leeds game. The last things he was doing in it were very positive. So I, I don't, I, I think um, it was really promising to see because how many times have you seen a player do stuff like that and then lose their head a bit? Absolutely. David, your 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 thoughts about those two convincing wins? Anything to add? Yeah, I mean, not I mean the Liverpool game was brilliant to watch, exciting and everything we want. Just a shame it wasn't a league game, but <laughs> I'd rather it been the league game. Uh Leeds first half was superb. Uh and we did play well. But yeah, I, I agree about Grealish. I actually like Grealish and the way he made the two goals was superb. To come back after getting battered up up to half time, I thought that showed character, and I think he's he has a good relationship. I think with Holland, which will help with the game, won't it? And and the way they play together. So we, we've already mentioned uh, we've already mentioned we've got a number of big games coming up. I'm not necessarily going to pick out anyone in particular. We've obviously got one sort of uh, in the Premier League this week on Thursday at Stamford Bridge, um, and and then. We play Chelsea again, of course, in the FA Cup and then Carabao Cup and then there's the, the Derby, etc. So without necessarily sort of talking about each of those games individually, just before we go, your your thoughts in terms of what you're now looking for. What are you looking for different from Pep, from the team, in terms of the way we're set up, the way we're going to play our, our football? What do you want to see for the rest of the season and particularly these next four or five games? What are you looking for? Spencer? Well, in defence, I think a bit more of a settled defence uh, rather than uh, the, the, than the sort of the, this, this shuffling. And actually, I think we, we're at a point now where we can settle down and, and get some solidity in defence. Uh, the midfield tends to pick itself. Um, again, let's stay injury free. Uh, up front, I, I would like to see Harland and Alvarez um, both in the same team at the same time on a consistent basis to see what that produces because I do think in Alvarez we've got somebody with uh, as as you said the soul of a midfielder sort of thing and obviously the instincts of a striker and I think the two of them need to have game time together whether they'll get it or not I don't know because that means others are excluded but a bit more consistency in defence and then um, you know th- that that would be my main main thought. Joe. Uh, I'd like to see us being a bit more ruthless going forward. Maybe some of our players take people on a bit more, not, you know, a bit less tippy-tappy, a bit more. I-, I want to see us in these games, particularly in the league ones with Chelsea and United. I want to see us make a statement that, especially after the week we've had, or after the last game, rather, getting a bit of grief about not taking chances and the like. I want to see us go to on these grounds, make a real statement sort of thing that might get in Arsenal's head a little bit as well. Could certainly get into our own heads a bit of positivity and optimism. And yeah, and I think there's a very good time to do it. Chelsea are not a great team at the moment. I think we've got a decent chance if we play properly and show a bit of panache up front to, to put them to the sword. And obviously a derby win's always going to do, do you a favour, albeit I think that is going to be a very difficult game. And David, finally, you apart from Haaland to pull his socks up and perform a bit better, what, what else are you looking for in the remaining few, the next few games? Uh, number one, being solid. And number two, actually, again, um, just to dominate and just be a bit more ruthless as well. I agree on that side. We're just sort of 
come off the ball a bit and we just need to reassert. I think a performance like two years ago against Chelsea away was the type of performance we need. Listen, fantastic. Thank you very much to my three guests, to David Blakeney, to Joe Doherty and to Spencer Debson. This is Nigel Rothman saying thanks for listening and we'll talk to you all very soon. If you want to advertise on or sponsor this show, check us out at playbackmedia.co.uk. Sports Social Podcast Network. It is Ryan here and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper? A woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver. I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, avoid, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus.